Welcome to Eden Speaks. Our prayer for this podcast is that this can be a place of openness, grace, honesty, and connection with our sisters in Christ and any brothers out there who are tuning in. While this podcast is in connection to our women's ministry at Living Word in Oak Harbor, Washington, we welcome everyone that is looking for real Christ-centered conversations. Some of these conversations may be hard and emotional, stirring up parts of us that we would prefer to keep hidden and protected. Ephesians 5.13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let us be that light to one another. Let's take a step outside of our comfort zone. Let's trust Jesus to show us how to give grace and hope to others, and also put us in a posture to receive it as we engage in a journey of growth. Let's speak the truth of God's word. Let's always speak love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eden Speaks, a place of hope, encouragement, and grace. I'm Amy. And I'm Shannon. And today, ladies, we are talking about sex and sexuality. We are continuing our conversation from our Eden gathering that we just had on the 19th of February of 2021, in case you're listening to this in 2024 or something. <laughs> and we have an awesome guest here with us today, Elizabeth Kettlewell. Hello, Elizabeth. Thanks for being here. Hey, ladies. We are so excited to get to answer some of your questions from Friday night, but also to just say, hey, how was Friday? How did it go? Um, I know that it was awesome to be all together. I know that it was awesome to get to start this conversation. And I do kind of feel like we just started a conversation. Elizabeth and I were kind of contemplating how we did this two years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was so, so fun. We had taken questions before Mm -hmm. the Eden gathering and answered questions up like almost panel style. And then Elizabeth kind of closed us off with sharing her story and doing such a good job of just taking us on a journey of um, what sex and sexuality can be in our lives and what that can look like and feel like and how that can manifest. And Friday was a little bit different than that, but I loved it. What did you guys think? I thought it was a little fun. It was a lot of fun to be back and talking about it again. Um, And to be able to share information uh, that isn't spoken about in church very often. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I love that we talk about this topic. Yeah. And just actually bring it, you know, into the light and not shy Mm -hmm. away from it. Because mm-hmm. it's a hard topic. Mm-hmm. It's it is very a hard, hard topic. topic. Yeah. And so the fact that we do this, I think, is really good. Yeah. It, it's hard, but it's good. Yeah. I do. I think it is a really hard topic. I think that there is a rub to it. I think that there are it. there is this ingrained, like, are we supposed to be talking about it? Should we be talking about it? Of course we should be talking about it. We need to be talking about it. We need to be pursuing freedom. And I think, like you said, Elizabeth, on Friday night, you said, like, talk to people when you talk about it. It makes it more, I don't know, familiar, right? And okay. And I totally agree with that. I thought that was a really good piece of advice. It normalizes it. In the Mm. field of counseling, there's all these ideas about topics that need to be normalized so they can be spoken about, mental Mm. health and things like that. And sexuality is the same way. If you can't normalize it to talk about it, then it's in the dark and it's hidden and it's harder to find the truths. Yeah. So, so true. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to address was that we actually did a really good job of telling every single body, like, Hey, this is for everybody. We want to make sure that whether you are, have never had sex before because you are a teen or a young adult, uh, we want you to come. If you're a married person, we want you to come. We want, um, if you're like in between, we're kind of calling, uh, there's a crew that's kind of the in between, whether you're, um, divorced or don't have a partner or, um, even, um, widowed or um, anything 
else? Am I forgetting any, anybody else in the in-between? I don't think so. But um, we wanted to say like, hey, hey, come, come, because it's not only going to be about that. And not that it wasn't about um, uh, marriage, sex and marriage. And it wasn't really informational for somebody who doesn't know anything about sex, but it was also really informational for those of us who do have sex because we are married and would be informational, informational to anybody on the in-between. But I do kind of think, and I wonder that if we uh, could have covered our kind of in-between, in-between crew just a little bit better, our divorced ladies in the room, our ladies who are, who don't have partners yet, or who maybe who are widowed. Um, can we speak to that just a little bit more just to kind of um, fill in a little bit of that topic just to be some give some support some wisdom I'm guessing maybe the ladies were thinking to themselves what am I supposed to do with my sexuality like I'm still a sexual being right so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would you guys say to that yeah I thought of another another group that we oh, could include, yes and that which would be like maybe ladies that are in a committed relationship but are oh my gosh not yet not yet married, which I think that one could potentially be one of the hardest mm-hmm. places like yeah. sexually yep. and what to do with that sexuality because you're with another person yeah. and you probably really want to be doing that. And there's all this temptation that will be there with that because mm-hmm. that other person is, mm-hmm. is right there in front of you. And I, you know, I spoke to this a little bit um, on Friday night about how looking back, you know, 11 years ago when I first started dating my husband, how I, I didn't make that choice. And Um, you know, I just went for it and, um, you know, really thinking through that and like trying to put myself in a position where the Lord was really present for me, which at that point he wasn't, I mean, he was with me, but I wasn't like engaging in that relationship with him the way that I am now. And just trying to like, think about what that would have been like for me. Like, I would love to say, yeah, if I had the Lord, I wouldn't have done that. I can't say that's true. Sure. Like, I really don't know that I would have been able to resist that temptation. I find my husband very attractive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and it's like, I I would hope that maybe I could have approached it a little bit differently. Um, maybe had a different mindset around it. Um, maybe have been more prayerful and thoughtful about how I was engaging. And um, maybe trying to be more aware of those brakes and accelerators that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was just all gas. Sure. At that You're point, like, let's like, go. Yeah. Forget the brakes. The brakes. <laughs> the brakes are gone. <laughs> you yeah. know. And so, you know, yeah. that's that's what I would like to to hope. But it's mm-hmm. it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Like thinking back on that and how that would have changed that. And man, that's a lot to wrap my brain yeah. around. Yeah. Like really, truly trying to think. Like, how would I have just done that? Like, mm-hmm. And then that, that opens up the whole like emotional part of it too, but just like mm-hmm. that whole physical part of it when you're with, you know, especially when it's something new. Yeah. Very well, hard. and Amy, you had just mentioned a, a group of ladies that we had forgotten to add into our little middle category, which were the ladies who are in a committed relationship, but are trying to wait. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's, there's kind of two camps there. Cause you're addressing like in your experience, you had been married before. Mm-hmm. And you actually had Drew. You yep. had already had a child. It so had been like, awakened already. Hey, been there, <laughs> done that. Yeah, which yeah. I do feel like in that context, that would be really, it'd be really hard to put mm-hmm. on the brakes. Not that it isn't hard also, by the way, when you're in a committed relationship and you're even pretty darn convinced you're going to marry this person maybe. Mm-hmm. And you really want to wait. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I feel like in both of those camps, mm-hmm. I those are hard situations yeah. to to enter into yeah. whether you have already sort of awakened your desire because you've already been in a you know sexual relationship with yeah. a husband had mm-hmm. a kid and then you know didn't work out divorce happened and now yeah. you're on the other side of that with a hottie 
husband or right. to be later. Right? Right. And you're like, let's do this. Or if you're this person who's like, I really want to wait, but it's getting really, really hard yeah. because I'm really sexually attracted to this, yeah. this other person that I'm hoping I'll marry, but I'm not positive. Like, I don't know, like how, how does one put on the brakes and yeah. is that required? Is it expected? I mean, how do you, how do you guarantee? Is that like, is that the way, is that the right way to do it? Mm-hmm. I think that God says, yes, it seems like, but I think that more and more in this generation, it doesn't seem like people are doing that. Like, how do we put on the brakes? Yeah. I think you had actually, when we were talking, Liz, you'd talked about like the, the rates of, you know, Christian couples compared to secular. And it, there's, there isn't a whole lot of difference there mm-hmm. you know, because it, it is, I think there's a lot of societal pressures that come. Mm-hmm. With that also, mm-hmm. the world. I think there are. I think uh, the the rates of divorce between Christians and and the secular world are really just not that different. Which um, I mm-hmm. think just speaks to the difficulty of being able to walk that line that we are called to. That God's design is for marriage to be between two individuals to um, to be just two becoming one, and that that should not happen until um, you are um, committed in front of everyone. Um, but the walking that line, then it does need to be a business of looking at your brakes and your accelerators and recognizing what those are, but it's also defining boundaries and communication with your significant mm-hmm. other. And then it's accountability, mm-hmm. uh, which everything in our walk with the Lord comes back to, right? It's our relationship with him and it's our relationship with other people. Uh, and if we're not mm-hmm. in relationship and in accountability with other people, then, um, avoiding sin and temptation is, is just going to be, uh, well, it's just not going to happen. It's way harder. It reminds me of how you said in the very beginning, like when you keep it in the dark, if you are keeping it hidden, if you don't have that accountability piece, if you're not inviting people into your story and kind of like being honest and like, this is hard. I need, I'm vulnerable. I need some help and some, some support. It does create a dark space where lots of things, you can do whatever you want in the dark spaces because nobody can see it. Mm-hmm. That makes it way easier to kind of go or yield to that temptation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so there's always grace to cover when we mess up, right? Because mm-hmm. the Lord is so generous in his grace, but um, that's not something to be used flippantly. So we do need to pursue uh, pursue walking under his blessing and along his lines. But um, but we also don't need to carry shame for, for sin that we have repented for. So mm-hmm. the shame that's needs right. to be disconnected from our sexuality right. so that we can talk to others in the light mm-hmm. about what we're struggling with um, to hopefully become better. Yeah. I would say that's almost, I mean, would you say this too, you both of you, like, is that step one towards sexual freedom? Like, is that just getting rid and, and, and rectifying that shame, like pouring that out before the father and just saying, take this from me, because I think that that, it just begats more and more and more and keeps you from the freedom that he wants for us in this area. Yeah. It's such a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Now, none of that is going to turn off the switch. So, of course, if you are in the middle and um, you are having those feelings, what you're really going to need to be doing is checking in with your uh, with your core group of people for that mm-hmm. support about what is um, okay for you to be doing with those feelings uh, in the middle there. Mm-hmm. So what are what are what are we supposed to do in the middle with those mm-hmm. feelings? Mm-hmm. What can we engage in and what can we not engage mm-hmm. in? And those are hard questions to answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's a good time to introduce um, a topic that we talked about a couple of years ago, and we when we did this before, and you talked about you brought up this idea of the triad. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're in a committed relationship or you're not, this still applies, right? I mean, right. So let me remind you, ladies, what the triad comparison was that I used a couple of years ago. And so anytime 
Um, well, I just get questions a lot about like, is this okay? Does the Lord think this is okay? Can we do this? And um, I'm not going to write a rule book about, you know, sex acts that are okay to engage in and why. Um, but what a good uh, idea comes back to is something called a triad uh, check-in. And so but there are three people in your marriage bed with you. Um, it's you and your partner uh, and the Lord is there too. And so if there comes something up in your relationship that you, one of you want to engage in, or um, if you are uh, without a partner, then it's of course just you and the Lord. Mm -hmm. So if there is something that, that you feel like there might be a check in your spirit about, then what you need to do is check in with the Lord about it and seek the Lord about why there might be a check there. Now, if that, if that check pans out and you realize that that is a legit thing and the Lord is asking you for some reason to lay that down or to not engage in that, then then, then follows obedience. Are you going to be obedient to that mm. thing that he's calling you to? Ooh, yeah. Big question. Big question. <laughs> I heard right? you. Now I'm like going to do what you're asking me to do. That's always the kicker. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. And the obedience, that obedience then comes back to where's your accountability people? Where's your core group that are pursuing the Lord with you that you can share that struggle with mm -hmm. and then uh, use accountability for? Uh, and again, that'll either be with you and the Lord or uh, if you're in a relationship, that will be within your triad. So within the triad, you could feel a check in your spirit. You need to check in with your partner about how they feel about whatever it is you're considering. And you need to check in with the Lord about how he feels about what you're considering. And as long as all three of you are a go, then uh, most things are permissible, mm -hmm. I would say. Sure. Uh, and then again, that dyad, um, just make sure you're checking in with the Lord and mm -hmm. then you have your accountability. Do you think that the accountability people in your life could like act as that third portion of the triad for people who are not in committed relationships? I mean, yeah, I or is that a point. little too intimate? Or I mean, you think that works? Does that work <laughs> out? I don't know. I mean, like <laughs> we went from, you know, in your marriage bed to now, yeah. you know, <laughs> now you're on your marriage bed. You're hanging at the coffee shop. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great point because I think that um, while, while they might might be able to help you kind of fact check maybe where you're missing mm, or being biased sure. about something um, that they, they might be able to fill that role for you a little bit, but it's going to be in a different way than of course, sure. if you right. had a partner in the yeah. triad with you. Right. Okay. I love that. I think that's so helpful. And I think mm -hmm. that that applies so great just across the board, yeah. which makes me feel like we can go into our questions Let's by the it. way. So you guys, we are going to do a two-parter here, which I probably should have started with, but now you know. Um, in today's first part, so part one, uh, we are going to be answering the questions that tied in really well to the topics that were discussed on Friday night. Um, and then part two, we will talk about topics that kind of branched off. So um, speaking of triad and speaking of lots of different kinds of questions, um, I feel like it segues really great into questions like um, masturbation, toy, sex toys, things like that. You ladies, if you were on Friday night, you're like, I don't remember hearing anything about masturbation or sex toys. <laughs> you're like, where was I? But it does. It does tie in, right? It does for sure because these again are, are those things on the laundry list that we always get asked about or I always get asked about are these things okay to have in a relationship and uh, and again this is not uh, anything that you can make rules that apply to everyone for because some of these are not going to be healthy for some people and for other people as long as everyone in the triad or the you know the two uh, people in the in the in the single person group like as long as they everything is working out okay and nobody feels any checks, then this should be, this should be okay. Mm -hmm. This should be okay. Okay. Uh, there's going to be some 
things that you might want to consider for the masturbation mill, right? Uh, like this can tie very easily and can lead very quickly into maybe pornography mm -hmm. or um, erotica or things like that that are not going to be healthy and that are going to kind of very quickly go towards lust and sin. So that needs to be handled very carefully if, mm -hmm. if you're engaging in those kinds of behaviors. Mm -hmm. Again, yeah. checks and balances and accountability. Mm, that's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Okay, Aim, what do you have? Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with, with what Liz is saying on that. Um, just really, I think the, the thing that you said that really I agree with a lot is that it's going to be, you know, there's going to be different lines for different people and different couples, something that one person or one couple is totally like, yeah, this is, this is great for us. It's actually it does like, it's really good for our sex life or whatever. Somebody else might be very uncomfortable, uncomfortable with that based on past things that have happened right. or experiences, right. so on yeah. and so forth. So just kind of addressing like this, this stigma that can happen of like, oh, well, this is right and this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, within those boundaries, there's a lot of wiggle room in there for, for what one person might be comfortable with compared to what somebody else may not. And that's right. where that triad really comes yes. in, especially if maybe one spouse feels like, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And the other one is like, well, I really want to do that. It's like, that's where you really got to be able to have that communication and that yeah, openness. That's right. So that, yeah. you know, there's one person is not comfortable or being, Absolutely. you know, felt mm -hmm. like they're being forced into something that they don't want yeah. to be doing or is outside or they're feeling convicted about or whatever right. that might be. So I think that that's just important to remember that we all have, um, you know, different, different lines and different boundaries. And comparisons are not the name of the game. Right now. This is not something. What did you say? Compare and despair? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Compare, Compare and despair. despair. Yeah. So if you happen to hear that one of your friends and you know how we share sometimes with our accountability and you see another couple that maybe they're engaging in something and you're thinking like, well, if they are, we should be like, that is not. Hopefully you're not be seeing them. <laughs> she said seeing. <laughs> She yeah. meant Tom. Looking in the neighbor's windows. <laughs> You're a peeping Tom. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that is not That's what we mean. Never okay. No. <laughs> no. It's gonna cross everybody's boundaries. Yes. Yeah. But good point. Good point. Comparing is yeah. not a good way. It good. needs to be your triad. Yeah. You don't. You're yes. not. You know. It's not a. You know. It's not inviting others into that triad right. and saying, "Well, tell us what you think yeah. about this." Right. And, yeah. it, it makes me think of like you know when people start comparing like how often like oh yeah that can like bring so much shame to people oh, it's yeah. like oh yeah like you know it's like every night or every night it's like what you know it's like everybody has their different stages of life and just different reasons behind that totally. and so yeah just that whole yeah. comparison thing is never never beneficial yeah yeah totally true okay so to be clear we answered we just answered the question is masturbation allowed uh, without porn and like if my husband is on deployment. So the qu answer to that question would be check in with your triad. Um, and so that means your husband, you're going to talk to your husband about it. You're going to talk to the Lord about it and you're going to see how, what, you know, how you feel and like what the kind of direction is and try to work on being obedient and that. And then the next one that we just answered was our sex toys. Sorry, our sex toys. Okay. I don't know why I put the emphasis on toys. <laughs> our sex toys. Okay. Oh my word. Our sex toys. Okay. In a Christian marriage. And again, the answer is check in with your triad um, and go from there. If the Lord says yes, and you are saying yes to each other, go for it. Mm -hmm.
right? Are we saying go for it? Yeah. Is that the answer? Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, That's no. what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. 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 Wow. We are just, I mean, it's hard not to be just silly and just have so much fun with this. So, okay. Let's see. Let's start from, so we talked about the triad. So let's start from the top. Um, uh, one of the first questions that we actually had written down here is when age and medical issues cause impotence for spouse, what then? Mm-hmm. Well, I think this, I mean, this really goes back to almost to this place of you are somebody in the middle when we're talking about those people mm-hmm. who don't have a partner mm-hmm. or um, who are, are trying, you know, just divorce ladies and the, those kinds of people in the middle, like this is almost that, like you have a partner, but that piece of you might not be fulfilled by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that brings it back to you kind of handling it again in this triad kind of situation, including your spouse, if you can, there are also lots of things that you can do to promote intimacy and connection with your spouse um, that might not necessarily look like traditional Um, intercourse that we think of with marriage. And so if those are things that you have questions about, um, there are therapists that can kind of help walk you through some of that in a healthy way. There are also doctors that can maybe walk you through some uh, things that you could do um, to maybe work around the difficulties. Again, without knowing what the specific issues are, it would be difficult to answer that Mm -hmm. in more detail. But Mm -hmm. um, just remembering again that your, your sexuality doesn't shut off just because your spouses might have been shut off for some reason. So keep in mind everything that we just said about, mm-hmm. about the ladies in the middle. It still applies yeah. to you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really good yeah. point. Really good insight. Yeah. yeah. Aim, you have anything My brain went right to the emotional connection piece of it mm-hmm. and just finding other ways to um, connect with your spouse. And, and even in maybe a, in things that are sexual in nature, but not actually having sex or having intercourse, you know, like there's other ways that you can like be sexual with your spouse without, you know, having, um, having the ability to actually have sex. So just finding those Mm -hmm. ways that Mm -hmm. um, you can connect and that, um, brings that connection brings, you know, pleasure in different ways Mm -hmm. that just looks different Mm -hmm. than the quote unquote traditional way that, you know, where you think of. Yeah. So I think that that's, you know, just another angle. Yeah. It's Hollywood's fault. <laughs> watch these movies like, oh, that's sex right there. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> so it's one stop shop. Yeah, totally. Does that tie at all into the way that, you know, on Friday night, we talked about kind of this progression. Mm-hmm. Does it tie into that at all? And what, maybe you should probably kind of point out what the progression was because um, so that we can kind of paint a picture, a word picture for y'all who didn't see it, but does it tie in? Sure. So the circular um, sexual arousal cycle that I had talked about ties in really nicely with this kind of a situation because it talks about uh, being able to have connection with your partner. The connection to your partner leads to a desire to have a sexual connection with them. Uh, And then that desire then leads to engaging in those sexual activities, which leads to um, sexual, maybe physical and emotional satisfaction, Mm -hmm. uh, which I pointed out on Friday doesn't necessarily mean orgasm, um, but but can. Uh, And then that comes back around to how that reinforces your emotional intimacy which then leads again into being open to your sexual desire with that partner. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of this circle situation that's Mm -hmm. happening here. Mm -hmm. And for some ladies, for a good amount of ladies, um, you don't necessarily have to um, have the the physical piece to gain that emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. So if, um, 
I mean, that could be a very satisfying thing to do is engage in those kinds of emotional intimacy, um, circular connections. Mm -hmm. Um, the linear cycle was a little bit more straight up. It was desire, arousal, and then orgasm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that would be a little bit harder to try to achieve in a situation Mm -hmm. where your partner's not able to engage. Okay. Especially because in that, the outcome or the the objective, yes, the objective really was orgasm. Is orgasm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, do you, I mean, I wonder that, you know, you kind of said for ladies, I mean, is it, is that a generalized statement? Because can some men feel, I mean, I'm guessing, especially maybe if you're in this situation, so your physical body has changed, Mm -hmm. maybe there is some kind of satisfaction. I mean, I feel like there is a way or something in me that kind of thinks sometimes we take away like the emotional, um, I don't know, uh, ability of men. Sometimes we like, Mm -hmm. we can shrink it down to like, Oh, really? They're all just physical and women, you're all just emotional. And that's just overgeneralized, right? Like, absolutely. I really, if you were there on Friday, I really tried to emphasize, I even gave you y'all the numbers of uh, the percentages of men versus women that related to the linear model versus the circular model. And I, it, it was a good percentage for both of them. So mm-hmm. I really did try to emphasize yeah, that even right. though there were generalizations between these models that men tend to be more linear and women tend to be more circular, there is certainly overlap and crossover. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I mentioned in the talk too is that, uh, that it doesn't mean that men don't get an emotional intimacy from sexual encounters uh, with their partners. It's just that that might not be the initial motivation for them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for women, we tend to seek out that sexual connection because of the emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. Men tend to get it as a side effect on on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next question. Here it is. It's a two-parter. Part one is, how do you talk to kids about sex and what is appropriate at each stage of development? The second part is, I have been married for just over one year and I still feel uncomfortable when my husband wants to have sex. It can range from being embarrassed about my body to feeling shame about engaging in the act, even in marriage. How can I continue to work through this baggage from growing up while still being physical with my husband? Lots of questions there. I think Mm -hmm. that the first part, uh, how do you talk to kids about sex and what's appropriate at each stage of development? That's a big one. I think that uh, we traditionally grow up thinking that the sex talk is a one-time event. And once you've had it with your child, uh, you're good to go. And so are they. And you never have to speak it up again. And really, that is just, it could not be further from the truth. Sexuality education begins with infancy. It begins with attachment. You build little bits of information as kids age. They're developmentally appropriate. I have some good resources that maybe we can add on to um, this podcast or maybe the website to, to give you guys access for some materials that you could cool. use with kids. We can kiddos. put them in the show notes. If you just sure. send me like the links to it or whatever, we can put we it in notes. the show notes. Yeah. Show notes. Show notes. Show notes. It sounds like fancy, fancy, right? It kind of sounds like a musical. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> we digress big time. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, beyond that, I mean, I teach an entire class about <laughs> How to you know talk wow, to your kids really? about sexuality? Like it's a lifelong thing. It looks so Wait, different. Wait, to college students? Well, yeah, it's part Do of. Do they it's remember like, all that? When well, maybe some of them are parents so. already. Sure, so some sure. of them apply it, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes like through the lifespan of how you would go through development. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, definitely okay, not like sense. a yeah. 
five minute answer on that topic. But the, the idea is open communication, mm -hmm. making sure that you, again, normalize talking about sexuality mm -hmm. with your kiddos mm -hmm. uh, and that you are able to uh, make them feel comfortable enough to ask you questions when they have them so that they're mm -hmm. not going to their peers or to unhealthy sources for information yes. uh, and that you are that trusting person that they can connect with um, to get those answers. What about you, Amy? Yeah, um, the open communication I think is huge. <laughs> the thought just came to my mind when my son asked that question for the first time and he totally had me cornered, you know, like we were in the car, I couldn't get away, yeah. like, you know, and I mean, inside I was utterly panicking, but like on the outside I was like, yeah, we can absolutely have this conversation. But on the inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, do not scar your child for life. You know, like it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's an important conversation yeah. that we're having. And I think that the approach with each kid can kind of vary. Oh, for sure. My son is very factual. He's very like, I knew that if I tried to beat around the bush or not give him direct answers, I was going to get peppered with 50 more questions. Mm -hmm. So just being very factual mm -hmm. and give him just the a plus B equals C. And, you know, like he was totally content with that, but that mm -hmm. was like, you said that was the, op the door opened mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. And he continued to come back with other random, you know, like nine-year-old boy questions. Like, did you poop me out? And things like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, why do you always corner me with these questions? <laughs> and why do you always do it when your dad's not here? <laughs> but, you know, we answered, we answered the question and even still at 16, I'm not allowed to have these conversations with him because he's like, mom, I'll talk to dad about that, which is mm -hmm. great. Like he knows that he can mm -hmm. talk to both of us mm -hmm. about it. Now it's just a, he's a 16 year old boy and I'm his mom mm -hmm. and I'm not the one that he wants to be talking to mm -hmm. about that. But right. because we just really started that conversation early, mm -hmm. he, you know, he's mm -hmm. had, he's, he's put his dad in the same position where Tom was like, don't screw this up, mm -hmm. freaking out on the inside right now, but stay calm. So he knows he can keep asking these mm -hmm. questions. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a super important part of making it so that it is, you know, a normalized, like we're talking about normalizing things, um, a normal conversation to have, an important conversation to have. Yeah, for so, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would also say the ask the creator of sex and the creator of your kid how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Lord, please I feel like give me the words. Stressed, if you're stressed about it, yeah. yeah. If, like, if you're words. stressed about it, just ask yes. them, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this well with this kiddo and then this yeah. kiddo and that whatever mm -hmm. the situation. Yeah. Like, ask for wisdom and direction and he yeah. will totally guide you and lead you in that too. Yeah. So don't, whatever we do, don't forsake that yeah. option. Right. We have and that. It almost awesome, feels awesome like, option. like it was better that like drew asked the question mm -hmm. because he was then open to the answer mm -hmm. instead of me being like so yes. let's sit down and have a yeah. conversation you yeah. know so, I mean, but i think sometimes we have to do that also if our For kids sure. don't bring it up mm -hmm. you know like still doing that with them and starting that conversation and letting them know that you're comfortable with it there's mm -hmm. some really nice organic ways to be able to bring up the topic too though um if you are looking for them so and if mm -hmm. you have any friends who are expecting or anyone who has just had a new baby, like though even just noticing that mm. or bringing that up can be good springboards for like, Hey, you know, such and such is going to have a new baby. Isn't that exciting? Mm -hmm. And, uh, Oh, Hey, you know, like maybe, maybe we could talk a little bit about how that happens. Mm -hmm. uh, pets is a great one. Mm -hmm. if you have animals, uh, or going to visit a farm. <laughs> like, <laughs> we recently moved to a farm and my nine-year-old son has been working on, um, hatching his own eggs from his chickens. And so there's been conversations about how that <laughs> nice. happens. And yeah. Things Aww. like that can really make um, mm -hmm. maybe more organic 
conversations yes. than just out of the blue kind of yeah and stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like it lands a lot better mm -hmm. with TV shows, yeah. movies, um, oftentimes those things. If you see something with your child on the screen and it makes you uncomfortable, that is a great opportunity to talk about it with your kiddo. Mm -hmm. If it makes you uncomfortable, then they may need to know what it is mm -hmm. from that's your really perspective good. and not yeah. from Hollywood's perspective. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really good. I also feel like I want to empower you ladies out there. I mean, I guess there could be some men listening to this too, that if you are cornered and all of a sudden this question is asked to you, you I want to give you permission to say, I need some time to think about that, mm. especially mm. if the way you were talked to about it was shame inducing in any way or made you feel some type of way that isn't translating well in mm -hmm. your life and in your marriage and whatever that looks like. And as you move forward in your sexuality, take some time, say, I need some time to think about that. And actually it's a great opportunity to say, I need some time to pray about that too. Mm -hmm. Now we don't want them to think, Oh gosh, the question I asked is a bad question. You right. know, try not to do that. That's not the goal. But I just, I do think like taking some time and thinking about it and praying about it before you answer is okay. Or maybe say, Oh, let's make an, let's make an ice cream date and talk about that on Wednesday at four o'clock, we'll eat some ice cream, you know, and maybe that's a really light way to say, Hey, I need some time to pray about this. Yeah. I need to figure out what I'm going to say to you because it wasn't done well for me. Yeah. And I haven't thought about it. I didn't know you were going to ask me already at yeah. six years old or whatever. Yeah. Every kid is wasn't so mentally prepared. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> So give yourself some prep time and yeah, yourself yeah. Some and time. grace. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think what you were saying, Shannon, about maybe how you were taught wasn't the best way ties in a little bit to the second part of this conversation about um, being newly married and still maybe feeling like you're not settled or comfortable or free in your ability to engage in sex now, even with your husband. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe that tied in a little bit to this person's question. Um, and and some of my thoughts here are that I also feel like this is natural. And I feel like I have even felt some of these things across mm. um, um, my development as well. I remember uh, feeling like after I had my first child, finding it very difficult to transition from um, being mommy to mm -hmm. being lover um, and being really uncomfortable because I felt like any time that we were engaging in sex right after, um, that I had had her, I couldn't be present as a lover because I felt like I 100% of the time had to be present as a mom. And those two mm. things couldn't Ooh. mesh for right. me. And this almost feels like that to me as well, like going from single to being free in marriage mm. and not being able to make those two identities mesh yet. And so what I would say is that I would encourage you that that will, that will very likely come with time. Uh, but that communication with your husband about it, like be honest and open about that. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Um, he's not a mind reader. So make sure that you're sharing those feelings with him because that will improve emotional intimacy, which if you take it back to our arousal cycle, might make you more open to being sexual uh, with him as well. Mm -hmm. And then also take this to your girlfriends, especially if you have some girlfriends who have been through this process already. This is a great time to um, enter older female mentor, mm -hmm. right? Like to yeah. talk with them about what their experience was and what was helpful for them and changing mm -hmm. some of those messages that you had growing up um, that might be kind of contributing to this, to this baggage here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, one thing I want to point out is like, um, 
it says, you know, it can range from being embarrassed about my body to feeling shame about engaging in the, in the act, even in marriage. We will address the embarrassed about my body. In fact, somebody else also asked that question, and I think it's a great time to mm-hmm. kind of mesh those together. But I feel like I also, I mean, it can be way down the road too. So like you're saying, this person is saying, like, I've been married for just one year. Um, I don't I don't still feel necessarily that. I've been married for, I don't know, 23 years. Um, but I will say that I do still feel a little bit like, I don't want to use the word embarrassed, but I do want to say coy kind of like if I want it, like there's a part of me that still feels that way after 23 years of marriage. Like I still can feel that way. And I can be very, my poor husband, like we are working through it and we are talking about it. But I, I mean, I feel like the poor guy is just like, what is what, you know, like, it's just not clear. I'm just not necessarily clear because there's a part of me that wants to be super duper clear. And then there's a part of me that's just like, oh my gosh, that feels, I don't, something, I don't know if I feel like it's wrong. It's not like, I feel like it's wrong to be clear, but there is something there that being quite that direct doesn't feel great. So that's, you know, 23 years into marriage. I think mm-hmm. some of this stuff is just, I mean, boy, the world can mess you. I don't remember having any weird conversations with my parents. I don't know how I learned about sex, but, um, but the world, I just think that the world can tell you lots of weird stuff and we can carry it around. So, mm-hmm. um, but I do believe in freedom from that. And I think you're right. Talking to um, older mentors, apparently I haven't figured it out yet. So don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I know some stuff, but anyway, I just wanted to say, Hey, me too. And I'm farther down the road. And sometimes I feel weird about it too. So yeah. anyway, and I think there are different like seasons that we go through in life where we, even after being married for, you know, you've been married for 23 years. I've been married for almost 10 and you guys have been married for oh my gosh, a while. Don't even also, right? <laughs> Coming up on 20, 20 yeah. So it's like, I think that like there's, there's peaks and valleys that yes. happen. Yeah. And um, I think there's times that we maybe feel more empowered mm-hmm. to yeah. be more forward mm-hmm. and other times where maybe we're just not in that, mm-hmm. that space, mm-hmm. which I mean, it almost feels like that goes into our next question. Totally. I was just going to uh, say, great segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which the next question is, um, as your body changes, how do you confidently and boldly celebrate those changes that life brings? Stretch marks, weight gains, etc. That's a, I think that's again, a process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for, and I'm just going to speak personally for a moment. I think that a lot of it comes to like a mindset, mm-hmm. um, and I know for me that that's how it is. Like mm-hmm. I could, my weight could fluctuate by just a couple pounds, but if I'm working out, mm-hmm. if I'm actively doing something yeah. with my body, my mindset about how I look is completely different mm-hmm. than if I wasn't yeah. doing anything at all. Yeah. If I put on a couple pounds and wasn't had, and it, you know, I wasn't engaging in any type of physical activity. I know that I feel far more critical of myself and I pick at like every little thing and just feel a lot more self-conscious um, about myself and in engaging in certain ways because I'm like, oh, uh, oh, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, for me, that's yeah. a part of it. It's a really uh, good point. Yeah. So, yeah. Even in comparison to, like, what I was just saying, like, sometimes I feel kind of coy. Da, da, da. But I do think you're right. Like, if I'm feeling like I am feeling really comfortable in my skin, um, I know that I've been proactive, nothing. I mean, not perfect. Like, right. Like, and, and again, we are not, we just want to make sure, cause there is another question for next time on part two that is about com- comparison. We are not talking about comparison. Mm-hmm. We are talking about just how we feel in our own skin right. and how, how that impacts, um, our sexuality and how we mm-hmm. pursue our, 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 
significant other, our spouse. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you are not the only person like, okay, so this person, the second part was, um, it can range from being embarrassed about my body. Mm -hmm. Um, there's person one, how do I feel more comfortable in my own skin? Feeling insecure can be a huge turnoff. There's person two. And then Amy, like you just read as your body changes, how do, how do you confidently and boldly celebrate those changes that life brings stretch marks, weight gain, I mean, this is a common, this is a common issue for us guys. Like this is a thing for sure. And it's not easy to navigate Mm -hmm. and it does really impact our sexuality. It impacts. I mean, I know if like, is it a, this is too much information. I don't know. Is it a lights on? Is it lights (laughs) on? I mean, and I will tell you, like I was plenty of like lights off. Like, I don't know, you know, and then there's times like, I don't, didn't even think of it. And boy, aren't those great. Cause I do, but I don't know. I mean, what do you think Liz? I think that this ties in absolutely what Amy is saying about mindset um, and being healthy Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things too. But I also think it comes across in mindset in a different way. If you are so confident in your partner's love for you Mm -hmm. and attraction Mm -hmm. to you, Mm -hmm. that is huge, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and, And that's not to put all of this on your partner, but just think about that piece of it. Your confidence sometimes um, can be so boosted just when he looks at you in that way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and on the flip side, think about that for him as well. Like when we are so yes. in oh love with our partner, when we are so, uh, obvious about our attraction to them, that is a huge turn on for both partners. And it, that is what song of Solomon is talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm. So even beyond making sure you're healthy and working out, and those are all good things and they definitely help confidence mm-hmm. and self-esteem and, mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. good for you. But, um, being, being the lovers that you see in song of Solomon, uh, can, yeah, that can skyrocket. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Actually, my husband and I just, I'm, boy, I'm just sharing it all today. <laughs> my husband and I just recently had this conversation and I said, you know why I sometimes don't tell you that you look like hot when you're going out the door to go off to work is because I'm like, well, I don't want him to think <laughs> that he's looking hot so he can, you know, whatever. And he goes, actually, I'm thinking it makes me think the opposite. Not that he's thinking about like, hey, I'm going to go to work and get myself a, a whatever, <laughs> another option. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm thinking, but, but he's like, actually it's the opposite for me. He's like, Oh, my woman thinks I am. And I was like, really? I didn't know that. Cause I felt, I don't know. Like, I don't know how it manifests for them. I don't know mm-hmm. what they're thinking, what they're processing. I know what I'm thinking and you're, and you just said it, it's the same for them, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So we really, we, we want that. Mm-hmm. And I will be praying with all y'all out there who are listening that our, our, our spouses are pursuing us in that way and in pointing that out, how, how, you know, how much they love us and just adore our bodies are perfect and they don't, you know, they appreciate that, but that we also are really intentional about doing that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's all part of the, the linear thing i'm guessing yeah. like i'm guessing that also it's somewhere in there it makes for a better orgasm i don't know where <laughs> i'm pretty sure it does so anyway all right you guys we only have two more questions to this part one um the first one of the last two is a great one and i just love it why do i cry happy tears after sex Oh man. So (laughs) there is so much going on in your body uh, when you are aroused. Uh, The the changes that happen to you physically are just insane. And um, it's not all going on in, you know, the obvious areas, right? Your brain is undergoing some pretty significant uh, fluctuations hormonally as well. And so 
um, after orgasm, there is just a just an explosion in your brain. Pretty sure this is PG thirteen. In your brain of these neurotransmitters that are just a huge amount of pleasure, and sometimes the way that that manifests itself. Um, especially in, in women who maybe tend to be emotional expressors anyways, uh, is that it will come out as, um, as tears. Um, mm. and I love, I love that they were sh- sure that they put happy tears in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's in because, quotation or in, in parentheses. parentheses yeah. Happy yeah. Tears. So thank you for <laughs> yeah. clarifying that yeah. for sure. Cause this conversation could have Yeah. That would have been a way. totally different answer. Yeah. <laughs> if well, there was yeah. a question there. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, the other piece that I have to say about that is that there, um, Personally, for myself, some of my first experiences included tears, whereas maybe they don't necessarily now. And I think a lot of that for women, too, is because of such an intense emotional connection that we have mm-hmm. with sex. Mm-hmm. It is a very vulnerable thing. Mm-hmm. You are literally taking someone else into yourself. And, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. intimacy and vulnerability yeah. is so intense um, that that I think it's just natural for that to be expressed um, through tears sometimes. Again, mm-hmm. Um, happy tears, yeah, yeah. but it's definitely an, an expression that yeah. is normal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the physiological response. Okay. Yeah. I legit panicked my husband the first time I did that. Oh. Yeah. Guys will freak yeah. out. He was like, what's like, he really thought that I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm just happy, <laughs> you know? And it was, it was just a really intense wow. emotional yeah. connection cool. that I felt to him. Mm-hmm. And I like, just didn't want to let go of him, mm-hmm. you know? Like mm-hmm. it just felt really good, mm-hmm. like from head to toe, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he panicked for a moment though, because mm-hmm. he thought something mm-hmm. was wrong. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for sure. like, oh. I, I haven't been crying anytime recently, but I definitely have been grateful. I've been like, thank you Lord. Just because I feel like, like I've been doing it also after exercise that mm-hmm. my body, like, <laughs> I can move my body in this way and I can yeah. use my body in this way because I feel like there's a gratitude piece mostly. Mm-hmm. And I think about that because it was meant as a gift. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's meant as a gift for us. And so I'm really, yeah. maybe, maybe you have gratitude tears too. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. <laughs> or okay. maybe you have a three-year-old and you're like, oh, thank God we actually got to do this. Yes! <laughs> I mean, that could be so many so reasons. Many reasons. I love I love it. It. A lot of reasons why, depending on your situation. So <laughs> Okay, last but not least for part one is this. As a believer, should we avoid using protection or is protection use okay? She's saying, yes, she's married. Yes. <laughs> um, so I would just jump in here and say that, again, this is this is a question that could be answered many ways. And I would first and foremost flip it back to the whole triad situation. Mm-hmm, that's okay, yeah, because that's this is thinking. a big decision within a marriage to decide um, how this will look, what kind of protection works for you guys. And I I am assuming here that you are saying using protection for birth control methods, um, because obviously uh, if, if one of you mm-hmm. has a history of previous partners, you may be using protection for actual protection um, from that history. Um, but yeah, for health reasons. Um, but, but again, this is going to be a triad issue. I do not think I'm going to start that sentence again. I am so grateful that the Lord has given us medical knowledge to be able to contribute to healthy decisions for us. Mm -hmm. I think that he has done that in many ways in the medical community. And I think one of the wonderful things that we have been able to learn about ourselves and our bodies is how pregnancy happens mm-hmm. uh, and that we have been given some guidance and ability to be able to control when and where that is healthiest for us. Um, I certainly know I have 
three children and only one was planned. So having children kind of just thrown out, you can be uh, stressful mentally. And, uh, and sometimes the ability to control when and where that happens makes us better parents uh, and just healthier people in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't, the thought crossed my mind. Like, I don't think that the the Lord would be upset with us for using a condom. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's definitely not sinful. I don't see it as sinful by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. my personal opinion. Um, and yeah, I think that there's, it's yeah, I totally agree with what what yeah. you say. So yeah, I see where it's coming from. I know that sure. uh, there are other uh, mm-hmm. well, religions yeah. who are yeah. definitely yeah, yeah right. definitely yeah. controls not a right. Yeah. It's taking power away from the Lord and things yeah. like that. But again, I have to tell you one planned pregnancy and two not like the Lord will make sure that you have the children you're supposed to that have. is you'd like literally like took the words out of my mouth like if you if you're using protection and he wants you to be pregnant you will get pregnant this like, happens, he yeah. will find a this way a he's God he can do it so like I'm right there with yeah. you yeah, I like, reminded like of those memes of like you know like oh darling like you are not more powerful than the Lord it's like don't even <laughs> no. freak out like yeah, this is no. he has a plan for your life and he has a plan for your children and which ones you're having and yeah um, and it will happen. Like you can't mess that up by using a condom. Yeah. No. no. All right, you guys, this was a great part one. Yeah. So, so great. So Thank you so much for all your awesome input. Um, next time on part two, if you didn't hear your question asked yet, we will be addressing it. We are going to talk, uh, like I said, these, um, there's a couple of topics that came in that had, that were kind of branched off the topics from Friday night. Um, and they include um, LGBTQ issues, um, trauma, um, some boundaries and emotional connection stuff. And so we're going to be um, taking some time to be praying about that. And, um, and we will be bringing those topics um, to you, those answers to those topics to you next time we are together here on the podcast. So a couple announcements that we have for you guys. Uh, like Shan said, we will be doing part two and that will be airing on March 12th. So keep your ears open for that. Um, and we will also have another in-person Eden gathering yep. on the 19th of March. So, March is yeah, here. March, y'all. Dang. So soon. It's happening yeah, so fast. Sure. Yeah. Um, I want to pray for us, but I want to say again, just thank you so much, ladies. It was really, really great. Um, so insightful. And I just think that we cared for our ladies really well. I hope that you feel so too. Make sure that if you have any questions or concerns, you know how to get a hold of me. If you don't, well, you have to figure it out. <laughs> and I can pass them on to these ladies if there's more. Again, we are just starting the conversation. So. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we lay all of this at your feet. We offer you our sex and our sexuality. We invite you into it. We praise you for the gift that it is. We know that it is not, it doesn't feel like a gift to everybody. Um, It can feel like a barren wasteland. It can feel like a, a utter crazy storm. Father, we need you in the midst of it. We need your healing. We need your freedom. We need your grace. We need your wisdom and direction and covering. We pray the same for all of our partners, whether we know that partner right now already and we are married to that person or we don't know that partner yet and we are praying for that person. Father, we just pray that you're present in all of that, in all these areas. We pray for our kids as they learn about sex. Um, 
it's a gauntlet out there. The world will tell you so many crazy things about sex, God, but we ultimately know that you, the author and perfecter of all things about us, because you're so about us, that you know it all. So help us to learn it, help us to see it, help us to know it, and to walk with true freedom and your truth in it. We love you, Lord. We trust you. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.